Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. He is firing the football, and it is caught by Devontae Smith at the five. Another marvelous catch. He reached up, spun around, and brought it down with his right hand. Four, three, two, one. By the final score, the Eagles 31, the 49ers 7. Attention, air traffic control. A flock of Eagles is heading to Arizona. Placement is down. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high. Floating in the air. And it is good! Good! They're going to throw it across the formation. And it is caught over there. Now slipping. And the Chiefs will tackle him! This game is over! This game is over! You can doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs! Shut up! The AFC champions! 420 to go. Top of the key. Robertson for a three, and it's good! Taylor Robertson is the new queen of the three. She breaks the NCAA career record for made three-pointers. That's number 498. It's a steal. C.J. Nolan of the Oklahoma team took it away from his counterpart like an old West train robber. Now he sprints up the floor and finds his trusty teammate. It's Jalen Hill from the Sin City of Las Vegas who throws it down like a thundering lightning bolt. This place is wilder than a dance hall in the Roaring Twenties. And the Sooners team from Oklahoma is battering the Crimson Tide team from Alabama. <laughs> you think... Uh... Noble will mail me a check or Venmo me, or how do I get my $1,000, you think, Teach? I think he'll, next time he sees you, it's just straight cash, homie. Straight cash? Yeah. Straight Fair enough. cash. Hour 2, T-Row in the Morning Show on a Monday, January 30. Toby and TJ back with you. This show brought to you every day by River Wind. Sooners beat Bama 93-69 on Saturday. Grant Sherfield was otherworldly. 30 points, and he didn't score in the last eight minutes. His career high is 31. I was like, one more bucket, Grant. Jalen Hill might have been even better. Goodness gracious, he was incredible. I mean, they both were, but Jalen really stood out. We've seen Grant go for, you know, 20-plus in in several occasions. Jalen Hill, man, he was very good on Saturday. 26 points. Career high, and then on the other end, might have been better. What he did with Brandon Miller has not been done this year. Brandon Miller went for 11. I kept Um, watching the dude saying, number two pick, please. Tanner Groves was great. 14 points, 12 rebounds. He was a madman out there, man. Love him or don't love him. I know he's a hot-button topic. That guy plays all out. Now, sometimes it gets him a sometimes foul that's or all whatever. all out of the game, it yeah. It gets him onto the sideline. 
But, but yes, early, he does. Early in that game, there was a ball where he dove for it and threw it off an Alabama guy. And um, I really, I said this on the broadcast, I looked at the matchup Saturday with the size and length of that Alabama front line, and I said, this is going to be a tough day for Tanner. You know, they go 6'9", 6'10", 7' foot on the front line, and all of them with go-go gadget arms for days. And I was like, this has got bad news written on it. And he outplayed them all. They shot 58% from the field, 69% from three-point range. Yeah. And they toppled number two Alabama. Here's Porter Moser after the game. Just for those guys to, to, you know, obviously when you when you lose like that, you hear all kind of stuff outside, noise, and um, to come back. We took a, a well-deserved day off, got away from it, and came back and just moved on. You asked me what my message was, I think, yesterday, and I'm like, we've got to move on. It was uncharacteristic of us uh, with the fight and, uh, and uh, just really happy for the guys to how, and show the resilience. I think they were sick of me every game going, man, we're right there, let's go. And uh, I thought they played the right way. I thought they really played hard. I thought the crowd was unbelievable. Um, I sat there when the crowd rushed the floor. You know, my younger self might have ran out in the middle of it and uh, – I just sat there and just said, I mean, this is the vision. Like uh, this kind of excitement with the student body, I thought they were awesome. They were there early, best crowd I've had since I've been here. And uh, I thought, uh, I was just really happy for the guys to bounce back from that to do this. That's that's character, that's resiliency, that's togetherness. Justin. Porter Grant was really dominant from start to finish. You know, just had his struggles in the second half of the past few games, but it seemed like this time didn't really take his foot off the gas. So what did you see out of him? I saw, you know, his, uh, uh, a bounce in his step. You know, he, it's just his, he, he, he was playing with joy, you know, and, and uh, he had a pace to him. Um, he was playing both ends. He was trying to, you know, he just, he just had a, you know, playing through, either, playing through mistakes even, you know. And, um, but when he, he can't play this game tight and sad, and, and he, had a, he had a great bounce to himself. And uh, that's what I saw from the beginning. Order, Jalen had 26 points on 9 of 11 shooting, 8 rebounds. I think you like to use the term warrior effort quite a lot. Would that qualify today with him? Yeah, I mean, Jalen had 26, but I think the first thing we should talk about is that kid needs to be on the watch list for the National Defensive Player of the Year. If he's not on the watch list for National Defensive Player of the Year, people don't, they're not watching. This kid's unbelievable defensively, and I hope you all tell that story nationally because what he does night and night out, the guys he guards, I mean, he's guarding lottery picks. And, and he is resilient. He's playing a lot of minutes. And then for him to have that defensive effort and have 26 points as well, I mean, what a, what a performance by Jalen. All right, a little of what Porter had to say afterwards. Uh, he's right. Jalen is one of, one of the best defensive players we've seen around here in a long time. And there have been some good ones. Um, I'm not saying he's the best. But he's one of the best, and I think it's because of his versatility that gives him an edge in some areas. He has literally guarded point guards this year through five men. Uh, Six foot to six ten, he's guarded them all. Whoever your best player is, I got him. And almost every time, he has held them well below their average. 
Um, now, you know, he had won every battle. Flagler hit that fadeaway 25-footer that was the dagger against him in the Baylor game, but he was defended pretty bad. I was going to say, well. I don't know that he could have defended it any better without fouling him. So yeah. He's been great. He's been great. All right. Uh, a couple of stats and then a question for you. OU finishes the Big 12 SEC Challenge at 7-3. and three. Can you name the three losses, Teach? Uh, well, yeah, I could have on Saturday. One of them was uh, Missouri won their game against Iowa no, no, State. No, 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 no. Time out, time out. Okay. Oh, I, yeah, you're right. The challenge Saturday was 7-3. to three. I'm saying OU in the history of the Big 12 SEC oh, Challenge. Oh, 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 OU. Um, seven and 7-3. Can you name the three teams they lost to? No. Um, Arkansas, Florida, and Alabama. I can't remember. One, out, one out of three is not yeah. bad. Yeah. Alabama got them in Tuscaloosa, the T.Y. Colin Sexton game. Uh, Auburn beat them last year. Oh, that's right. That's right. At Auburn when they were number one in the mm-hmm. country. And Florida came in here and clobbered them one year. Um, ran all over them. But that's it. They won the other seven. So that's impressive. Oklahoma now has won 12 of the last 14 against the SEC. They're 12-2 and two in their last 14 matchups against the SEC, including 3-1 and one this year against their future conference with wins over Ole Miss, Florida, and now Alabama. Of course, they had the loss to Arkansas up in uh, Tulsa. All right, so here's my question, Teach. What more do they have to do to get in? They are twelve and nine, two and six. How many wins do they need to get into the tournament? I think they can possibly get in with five more, and they're definitely in with six. Thinking. Five five will depend on how some uh, automatic bids and stuff for tournaments go, I think. But six, I think, at 18 wins puts them in without a doubt, in my opinion. I think the number six. I think if you win five more regular season games, you're going to need one in the Big 12 tournament to get in. Maybe so. Maybe so, yeah. So I think you need six more wins. Five gets you to 7-11, and 11, which is what you were last year. They have this trump card now, though, on their resume, which will carry a lot of weight because Alabama's the number one seed as of right now, and you got to win over them, and it was, you know, it's an impressive one that everybody saw. So that'll carry a lot of weight. So maybe that's enough. Maybe five is enough. But I still think if you go 7-11 and 11 and lose – you know, a 7-10 or 8-9 game in the Big 12 tournament, which is what that would be, you're in danger. I would feel much better with six. Regular season or postseason, I'd feel much better with at least five of those have to come in the regular season. But you've given yourself a shot that fives and that seven conference wins will get you there now because of this. You've given yourself a shot. Yeah, one thing's for sure to me. 
you can't have a letdown Wednesday. You you've got a whole yeah, home court game. and you've got to yep. win that game against OSU. It is the second most winnable remaining game left. They still have Tech at home. I would and I would say that's the most winnable. Uh, they're all tough, but that's the most winnable. OSU at home would be the second most uh, winnable is a bad word. Odds-wise, you're probably going to be favored by the second most points in that game. Um, but, I mean, last last time we saw OU and OSU, the Cowboys kicked their backside in the second mm-hmm. half up in Stillwater. So I'm sure they're coming in here feeling confident, and they didn't mess around Saturday either. I mean, we've seen Ole Miss down in Orlando. I know they're not having a great season, but that's not a bad basketball team. And OSU dominated them. So they're coming in here feeling themselves a bit too. But you're right. They've got to win that game. They got a chance for two this week. You really need Wednesday night. And then go take your chances in Morgantown where West Virginia is starting to play good ball. They've won a couple of conference games here recently. They beat a, a ranked Auburn team Saturday in their SEC challenge game. But OU's played well up there. That's a place where Oklahoma in the Big 12 has found a lot of success in recent years. So you got a shot Saturday night, although that'll be another zoo atmosphere. Um, But, no, you're right. Wednesday night is pretty much a a must. You know, you you can't lose two to OSU because that might be one of the teams you're jockeying with to, you know, on the bubble there. Right. And uh, what a day. What a day. It was a great day. It gives you hope, but, man, it is a – you sit there and look at what they need, and and you talk about that game Wednesday night, and then you think, well, what else do they have at home? Well, it's not not very easy. They're not – they're not – just because you're in Norman. Uh, Kansas rolling in here, K-State rolling in here, TCU rolling in here. The games you have still left at home are tough, tough games. So um, it's going to be a – it's going to be a – fight for them to, to, to reach that mark, I think. But it I think gives you hope big, for Saturday. I think the Big 12 did themselves some good, though, to Saturday. Not that they needed to convince anybody it was the best conference. They've won the last two national championships, and the, the metrics all tell you it's far and away the best conference. But you had your bottom four teams in the league. Bottom four teams in this conference went and all won. And it was Alabama, Auburn, LSU, and Ole Miss that they beat. A couple of those aren't having great years, but a couple of them are ranked, and one of them is great. So I think that the committee, they helped themselves in some regard as far as, well, six teams are getting in for sure. those, Those top six teams are all in and clearly in, and I think the latest bracketology had them top four seeds or higher. It's... But it's of West Virginia, OU, OSU, and Tech. And Tech's a long ways out at this point. How many more of those can you get in besides the six? And I think at least a seventh team will get in. At least a seventh. Maybe an eighth, but at least a seventh. So that means you're jockeying with OSU and West Virginia to be that seventh team. Right now they're one and one against those two. And they get both of them this week. So these are huge games. 718 in the morning, 405-651-3439. If you want to chime in on our text line today, Toby and TJ with you on a Monday morning.
This OU Coaches interview is brought to you by the Landers Auto Group of Norman. Landers Chevy at I-35 and Ed Noble Parkway and Landers CDJR at 481 North Interstate Drive next to Walmart. Riverwind Casino, they bring you the T-Row in the morning show each and every day. They're the one for fun, the one for entertainment, the one for games. OKC's number one gaming destination. Showplace currently housing 378 games in a non-smoking area. That 1,500-seat theater about to resume shows coming up in the summer of 2023. So if you haven't been out there in a while, the big remodels going on. Go check out the uh, new areas that are ready to go out there at the Riverwind Casino. And on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, No precipitation in West OKC by the airport. And two, what was the name of that breakfast place? I missed it. Uh, Black Bear Diner in Moore. It's right there next to uh, Wild Wings, right there on the access road. It is sleeting Sleeting? significantly in Piedmont now. Well, this text did come in an hour ago. Well, good luck. Be careful. I'm getting lightning notifications while sleet is falling from the sky. Looks like your area kind of cutting up towards Edmond and stuff is going to be the path of this first one here. So, It's coming your way, right? Mm, it might be. Is it moving it looked like It looked like it was cutting north, but it could be cutting mm. southeast, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's doing, it's either going north, north or south, <laughs> or, south. Or, or east or west, <laughs> or a mix of two of those. Uh, this one says, woohoo! Just got the call. There's no school today, which means it's an off day for me. Get to listen to your entire show this morning. Have a great yes. day, guys. Missouri Sooner. Missouri Sooner, thank you. Is Missouri Sooner the one that I gave the spotter boards to on Saturday? It was someone from Missouri. I don't know. Yeah, they'll let us know. Uh, Bobby and BA, Toby, Coach Cohen put in uh, those bullies from Lubbock in their pla- put those bullies yeah. from Lubbock in their place. Yeah, OU women's tennis won two this weekend, including beating Texas Tech. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a great soundbite that was on our show on Friday. I clipped it, and then I said, I better not put I that out there. Can. Yeah. I don't think you can. <laughs> I, think, I think that we better just let it be. Um, it? This one says, is it because it was a dead, uh, the ball was dead, if it hits the floor during a dribble, it would be leaving the hand and returning to the hand, meaning once it leaves and returns, he can get the ball? Say that again. If it hits the floor during a dribble, it would be leaving the hand and returning to the hand, meaning once it leaves and returns, he can get the ball? That, I mean, that's not what was ruled on Saturday because right. um, Lose dribbled it a couple of times before he passed it to Scherf. I think the ruling was that he went out of bounds on his own, and can't be the first person to touch it when he comes back in bounds. So, okay, I'm fine with that if that's the rule. I'm going to admit ignorance. I didn't know that was the rule. I thought if you went out of bounds, as long as you established two feet back in bounds, you were fine to receive it, which is the case on an inbounds play. If you If you are taking the ball out of bounds and you throw it to someone, then you establish two feet inbounds, they can throw it back to you. So I thought that's what it was everywhere on the court. I'm ignorant to that fact. My problem with that play, and I really don't have any problem with anything, they won by 24. It looked like to me he was bumped out of bounds, but whatever. It would be curious to know what happens, like I said, if Los just continues to dribble up there for another 10, 15 seconds. Are you telling me that if Sherfield runs back onto the court, because he took – 
six steps back on the court before they passed it to him. Yeah, he was a good ways back on the court. It wasn't as if he had just stepped back on. If Grant comes back on the court, runs around for 15 or 20 seconds while Sherfield's dribbling the ball, and then he passes it to him, you're going to call that? Like, it doesn't matter how long expires. There's nothing that – I just haven't seen it. I'm just ignorant to it, so it was an interesting call. I would like to understand the rule better so that next time I can explain it when I'm when I'm calling a game. Well, watching it back, as I did on your tweet several times, it's as if the official was waiting to make the call. It was like I see him curling here. They're going to ki- they're going to they're going to hit him here. I'm going to call it as soon as he touches that ball. Like mm-hmm. he was waiting to call it. So yeah. it didn't matter. I'm it not didn't mad about it. it. I think yeah. he got it right. I just again just curious. Uh, maybe they thought they were refing a football game. This texter says. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, it could be that I'm biased, but Toby is the absolute best in the business when it comes to calling games. Saturday's game was a blast to listen to. That's from Thank Camo you. Sooner. Appreciate that. Very nice. Uh, this year's sports season reminds me of riding the Texas Giant as a kid. When it's over, you have a concussion and smile all at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you're right. That's why I will. I always have, and I will always argue. You got to enjoy the journey. People get tired of me talking about it. It's because of moments like Saturday. That throughout the season, in every season, you're gonna have moments that are just pure joy. Walk off home run, a beat down of number two ranked Alabama, court storming, whatever the case may be, and you might not win the championship, but Dad Gummit, those moments are still fun. And if you don't, if it's, if you refuse to find joy, unless you win a national championship, you're just going to be a miserable person. And that was was great about Saturday. I don't know what's going to happen to this team. I don't even know if they're going to make the tournament. But that was tremendous. Toby, tell me that wasn't one of the funnest games you've ever called. Boomer. One of the, one of the very funnest. Yeah. Very, very, very funnest. Uh, OU Architect says, Toby, agree with you on the waste of breath using the overrated uh, chant? Oh, I saw some people got mad at me on Saturday. Uh, I, the, Our students were chanting overrated, and I simply said that whether it's our crowd or somebody else's crowd, because it frequently gets chanted at us. Usually that's the case, is football or basketball or whatever. When you beat Oklahoma, you chant overrated at them. I've just always thought that was silly. Like, you you don't want the team that you're beating to be overrated. You want them to be rated as high as possible so that your win looks better. Yes. So I've just always thought that was not a well-thought-out chant. Isn't the uh, chant to go with there the SEC chant? They did that. Okay, and I never heard that, that on TV. Brilliant. I heard the overrated, yes. but I didn't hear uh, the They SEC. did it a couple of times. I was really hoping they would, and they did it a couple of times, and that was fantastic. Fantastic. I'm telling you, man, our students brought it. Uh, the marketing team, the free T-shirts, the retro day, the chants, the, all the stuff. Uh, unrecognizable performance by our student section on Saturday. It was tremendous. Tremendous. SEC teams just don't understand the grind of the Big 12. 
I think there's something to that. I, I do think Alabama was shocked by the physicality of the game a little bit. Well, that was uh, I think I think Tanner got in their head early on the the two or three early blocks that he had Jalen and Jalen kind, yeah. kind and, of established and, that um, Sam. Sam. Oh yeah, was Sam really had that one. With yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that one uh, offensive foul he got called for that pick up top, which was a good call. But I mean, I think that the physicality of the Big Twelve, I think it's a more physical league than the SEC, good or bad. I don't always love that. Uh, sometimes I'd prefer more of a free flowing game. But that game was officiated like a Big 12 game, and they let the physicality play itself out. And I do think it discombobulated Alabama a little bit. Now, the SEC has some really good teams, and Alabama might just go win the national championship this year. I mean, they're tremendous. They got two guys that are probably going to be drafted in the top ten of next year's NBA draft. They didn't look like it on Saturday, but trust me, they're they're awesome. And Kentucky's... Yeah, they're down a little bit this year. There are some other SEC teams that have a chance to, you know, go deep in the tournament. But, I mean, the Big 12's a monster, a monster this year. This proves OU should quit wearing moo-moos and pullovers and dress like professionals. Huh. Porter Is he never talking wore- about coaching staff? Well, Porter obviously wore the jackets, but he typically doesn't wear a pullover or a moo-moo. He's in a tight-fitting polo usually. Yeah. Porter usually looks sharp, so... Um, no, really, I, nobody in nobody basketball, in basketball. Wears suits anymore. Hardly anybody wears no. suits in, since the pandemic. It just changed everything. But I, I mean, if you win like that, I think you kind of got to go back to it again Wednesday night, don't you? Um, you have, he's at he least got to wear a jacket so that if OU gets up big, he can rip it off and go and scream into the student section. <laughs> Like Boynton? Yeah, like Boynton did in his game. He should wear a bright red jacket. Yes. With a T-shirt under. A T-shirt underneath. <laughs> maybe a gold chain. I don't know. Just go screaming idea. at the uh, students if uh, he gets up at it during a timeout. That's a great idea. All right, break time. It is a Monday morning. We got a new record holder on campus, a new GOAT, Taylor Robertson, the all-time three-point queen. We'll hear from her next. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Sooner women fell to Iowa State. A highly competitive game. That's two straight losses for them on the road. Texas and Iowa State, the two teams they are battling with at the top of the Big 12 standings. They will be back home tomorrow night. But... The bigger story of the game, I hate to say bigger, that was a big game, but you know what I mean, is the record. And it happened on the first touch for Taylor Robertson on Saturday. She broke the all-time three-point record. She hit five more. She now has 503 three-pointers in her career, and she's going to try to put it in an unreachable place now. After the game... Jenny Baranchek, fresh off the loss, and Taylor Robertson talked with Brian Brinkley courtside. And time to visit with OU coach Jenny Baranchek and Taylor Robertson on our OU Health postgame interview. Uh, coach, a tough one today. It's always tough in this building, and when they shoot 20 more yeah, free 20. throws than you do, it's really tough. 20 more. 20. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I yeah. can't really hear you very well. 
I mean, Go so ahead. disappointing from that standpoint. We um, 29 fouls to 15. We've got to obviously get a lot better. Um, it's just really unfortunate. I thought we defended our tails off. I thought our effort was really great. And then uh, we just put them on the free throw line over and over. But it is hard to play in this environment. And it was a struggle today. So I, I think the thing, we're going to take away some really good things. I mean, obviously, Taylor, incredible. It was so fun. Uh, what a great day. Um, and then the things that we've got, we've got we've to gotta get better. We've got to respond better. You know, that third quarter, I think we got really high percentage looks that we are going to knock down. And it is, we are just in this little thing right now. But in that third and fourth quarter, man, we can be so much better. And, we, and we're going to get there. I promise we're going to get there. Um, but it was a difference of free throws today. We need to step up and knock ours down, and we can, and, and we just need to get a few more points in the paint. Yeah, I think you're uh, – I don't have it here in front of me, but I think you're four for 21, I think, in the third. That was a, that was a killer for you again. Yeah. But. Yeah, and so and many chips. Yeah, so, yeah, so many, so many that we can we yeah. normally do, and so and we're gonna get there. Um, but really disappointing. And I think we had moments where I thought we were really together, and then I think we had moments that we, um, you know, we just got a little stagnant. And in yeah. those moments, you know, we've got to, we've got, to, especially on the road when it's like you got everybody against you. You know, you got to be on the floor. Yeah. You got to be playing together and have fun. And I thought we did a great job in moments. And then I thought there were moments that we had to get back to us. Taylor, obviously mixed emotions for you. You get the NCAA record. Obviously, would have preferred to get the win here today. But um, you had had good moments. There, a good first quarter. You come out a good start to the second half, and then you guys kind of start get, getting cold there after that. And then obviously the free throws were big. Yeah, we were in a really good rhythm, and we were playing really well together and just moving the ball, finding the open person. And then um, in the quarters, we didn't do so well. We kind of dribbled a little too much sometimes, and we're kind of just trying to go score instead of just really playing off of each other, and that's when we're really good. All right, there's what Jenny and Taylor had to say. It's just a shame that the record came um, in a loss because you could tell it, looked a little bit, it took a little bit of the steam out of the celebration after the game. But... The congratulations started rolling in on social media from all over the place, from former Sooners, from coaches, from current players, uh, dignitaries, TJ, even the guy who will be in downtown Oklahoma City tonight. Hey, what's up, Taylor? Just wanted to say congratulations on breaking the all-time NCAA Women's Division I three-point record. 498 threes. Now, I know you're going to keep adding to that number. I only made 414 threes in college, so you've been had me beat. Steph Curry invited you to the game tomorrow. We want to meet you. We want to meet you tomorrow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Obviously, uh, well, I don't know. Obviously, that's her. that's her favorite player. And uh, so she will be in the Paycom Center tonight. And uh, Steph Curry's invited her down to meet before the game and chat. And uh, what a thrill. Super cool. Uh, Awesome. Awesome to see her reaction to the video and everything. Uh, I would like to say I I have well over 600. They're unverified. But um, three still a ways to go to catch me. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- mainly well, in three-on-three street ball tournaments, but they're just not very unverified. <laughs> so you're saying she's got a ways to go still. <laughs> uh, she's going to she's gonna keep adding to it, so she may push that 600 mark. Who knows? 
I mean, Jocelyn Allo and Taylor Robertson in back-to-back years. All-time records. That's pretty cool. It's pretty incredible, yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, and her her name's going in the rafters, right? I mean, it, it's got to. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Oh, yeah. I think that's completely deserving. Absolutely. Maybe with whatever the final record is, you put that on the banner? Yes. Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's very cool. She's going to be so giddy tonight. <laughs> I, I'm sure they're taking a film crew. Hey, kudos to whoever set that up. I don't know who set it up with Steph. Somebody's got some pull. Uh, but that was cool to get that set up, and um, yeah, that, I'm sure they're taking a. And he's a guy. He's a big supporter of women's basketball. Yeah, he's a big yeah, supporter right. of women's college basketball and the WNBA. So it may have been something that had been on his radar, and was you know I'm sure OU Maybe. someone with that the program set it up and everything. But it, I don't think it was a complete shock to him. Um, maybe it was, but he's he keeps up with women's basketball quite a bit, and, and you're right, a big promoter right. of it. So. Did you see uh, the OSU students did on Saturday for Ole Miss? You know, they many times on game day, the Ocali will have a full page, back page, something for the, everybody to hold up. Yes. I think when OU was in town a couple of weeks ago, they had something real creative like beat OU, and everybody held up beat <laughs> OU. Remember uh, Pistol Pete came over and taunted me for a while yeah, yeah, with the yes. Beat OU paper? Mm-hmm. So yesterday, Ole Miss coming to town, and their full page uh, that they passed out said, Enjoy the Leftovers. And it was a picture of what looked like a leftovers box, like you'd get when you go to a restaurant, opened up with Spencer Sanders coming out of it. Ooh. He's going to Ouch. Ole Miss. Yes. So that was their shot at Ole Miss, which is a little confusing because Ole Miss just took their quarterback. So I'm not sure why this is a shot at Ole Miss. A, a quarterback they would like to still have their next yeah, year. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> right. I was confused by the diss, but that's what they went with. And uh, then they pounded him, so it worked. I mean, obviously the newspaper – Inspiring, inspiring. Uh, inspired the <laughs> Got into the, the head of the uh, Rebels, yeah. Rebels couldn't see straight. They were so furious after seeing that newspaper. But um, Anyway, Bedlam Wednesday night. TJ, please don't come. Obviously, the team plays better with, with you on the couch. <laughs> 8 o'clock tip. <laughs> it should be a spicy atmosphere. Uh, Oklahoma owes them one. Cowboys are feeling themselves. Can Grant Sherfield stay in the flow? We shall see. 7.47 in the morning, break time. Still to come, T-Row reads the news today. we got a lot of news headlines to hit you with. We'll be back. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Riverwind Casino, OKC's number one gaming destination. They bring you the T-Row in the morning show each and every day. Air Comfort Solutions text line. This is a pleasant individual on a Monday morning. Stop! Bama didn't show up. If they played again, Bama wins by 20.
Um, maybe. Maybe, but they didn't. What does that have to do with it? Nothing. It's just a dumb text on a Monday morning. Oh, you may not win another game the rest of the year. Does doesn't take away from the fact that that was a good win on Saturday and a great time. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who that is. I don't know if you're an OU fan hoping Porter Moser gets fired, or if you're an Alabama fan that's it, butt hurt. It, but he, whatever, he's hoping no Porter gets fan. fired. He's he's t- uh, texted in several times. Is Porter's job in jeopardy? So he's gotcha. he's mad that they actually he's mad won. That they played well because he wants Porter fired. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here's the thing, Texter. Uh, send that in 20 more times. It's still a bad text 20 more times, all right? Yeah. Uh, Toby, what did you see different in the Alabama game? Oh, it's scrolling on me. Uh, that, you did not, uh, that you didn't see in other games that would account for the foul totals being equal? They were called. <laughs> Seriously. Not, it wasn't any... It wasn't a different. It wasn't any different level of um, physicality or anything. They called them both ways. Actually, Bama shot three more free throws than OU did. Right. Yeah, they had more free throws. But OU got to the line sixteen times, which is a monstrous number for them, and sev- several of those were. Well, I guess four of them were technical free throws, right? Yeah. So that's it. I don't know. I don't know why it was different. It was in non-conference play, which Saturday was a non-conference matchup. OU has gotten to the free throw line. Uh, As we mentioned here before, they were top 20 in the country in fewest fouls committed before conference play started. They got to the free throw line many more times than their opponents. It was not an issue at all. And it was not an issue Saturday. But in Big 12 play, for whatever reason, it's been a significant issue for them way, way, way more than anybody else in the conference. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens Wednesday. Maybe they fixed it. This texture is accusing uh, Mitch Holtis of being a cross-dresser. I don't know that that's been verified. I don't think that we can we come can on. say that or don't, not. Yeah. Come on. Stop <laughs> Hey guys, T-Row, great call Saturday. Great performance by the Sooners. Can we uh, put a sock in the mouth of that nails on the chalkboard Chiefs announcer? What a pain in the rear. Sooner fan in Texas. I like Mitch Holtis. I actually think that he does a good job and he's entertaining. He's, uh... But if you're not a Chiefs fan, I could totally see why he would be annoying. I, I mean, I get it. He's over the top. But that's coming from a guy who's over the top. So let he who is without sin cast the first stone. You know what I mean, TJ? He's the main uh, reason for my disgust for this Kansas City Chiefs team. So If you listen to my call on Saturday and you are not an OU fan, you would have been annoyed. Oh, that's I was, not true. You're I not a homer pretty, at all. I was pretty, <laughs> pretty happy. I unhitched the wagon with three minutes to go. Against the number two ranked team in the country. I think that was it a was safe over. call. I think that was a safe call. It was over. Yeah. Yeah. 30 plus points. I think it was a safe call. Uh, Toby, has the spotter board for the Bedlam game been claimed yet? That's from Courtney in Norman. You going to be there, Courtney? 
You talking text, to me? You text talking to me? Text DJ back. If you're going to be there, you can have it. Got to be there. Uh, if Grant plays with the same pep in his step and doesn't hang his head if his shot isn't falling, OU is a much better team. They feed off of each other, and the whole team's body language was much improved on Saturday. Agree. Um, this is a good to very good basketball team when Grant Sherfield is engaged and scoring. And I think it is a fair criticism that he has not always been engaged. He was engaged big time Saturday. If he can keep that plugged in, they got a chance here. He doesn't have to go for 30. But when he's demanding the attention he demands, when he is scoring, creating, I think he had five or six assists too in that game. Um, everything else works so easily on the offensive end for them. So he's the key. I mean, they need Jalen to keep playing great defense, and they need Lowe's to be good, and Tanner to keep getting re- all these other things too. But he's the key. And it's as much about just being engaged and 100% into it as much as going and scoring. Because there's going to be days when your shot's not falling. But you still have to be the focal point of the opposing defense. You can't slump your shoulders and say, not my night. Somebody else give it a shot. I feel like he's done that a few times this year. So, I accurate text. Top of the hour. We'll be back.